Um, I'm sitting across the table from someone who doesn't like their birthday being a big deal, so it was Nick's birthday. Moving on. You're going to be gone next week. I am. Where are you going to? Me and my road dog. Woof, woof. Elton. Not me. Yeah, not you. Uh, you're, bu- you're a busy, busy boy. Busy, busy boy. I'd love you to be there, but um, yeah. Elton and I are going to go uh, on a little road trip just because just cause it's fun. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go towards Louisiana, I guess. Burn some rubber. Burn some rubber. And yeah, hopefully it's fun. Yeah. No plans? Just no plans. See just, what comes your way? Just just going. Oh, that's what we that's what we should have done. Uh, well, I guess we could do it as like a celebratory thing. But yeah, when you, when you, when you get back, we'll watch Wild Hogs. Okay, yeah. What you're doing sure. is a lot like Wild Hogs. It is a lot like Wild Hogs. Yeah. I'm the guy with uh, the Apple computer tattoo. I remember that. That's the one bit that'll never leave me. Mm-hmm. Same. I don't remember. I just I, I remember him saying like I got the Apple logo to her, and they're like, "Why?" And he's like, and "They say something like uh, it's copyrighted or And He's like, "Yeah, but it's my body. They can't do anything about it or something." <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any other news to address before we move forward? Um, it's currently nine thirty in the morning. We usually record these about twelve hours later, <laughs> but we both have pack schedules. So sorry if we're. We do, yeah. We're a little sleepy. I guess personal news, my mom's moving 2,000 light years away from me. So I got to help her go load up a U-Haul pod thing that they ship to Arizona. Um, What's a U-Haul pod? It's just like it's like a U-Haul without the wheels on it, and then they just pick it up and carries it to Arizona. It's like a box. It's a big box. It's a uh, mega box. Like big metal ones? Like a storage shipping container? It's big enough for like an elephant, man. Uh, okay. It really is. Okay. She was very like she was like you cannot address how tiny it is or I will cry because I know it's not enough space. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Classic mom. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. We watched two movies this week. Oh, we did. We did. <laughs> we tried our we tried our damnedest, and we did. Yeah, we did. We made it happen. Um, I think we watched two pretty good movies. We saw one movie that's in theaters at home. Yep. And then we watched one movie that no one's seen in theaters in 20 years in a theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, up first, I think this is a good play. Front load it with the movie that came out most recently. Yeah, probably. For anybody who's curious about that kind of a thing. So uh, the most recent movie to date that we've seen is a little movie called The Fablemans. It's a summer Spielberg. We didn't forget about it. We never forgot. We, he's always living on our hearts. And it's never stopped. It's January 22nd. It's the summer Spielberg still. It's just like um, it's just like my grandfather said. He moved to Florida for endless summer. And I'm alive for endless Spielberg. Do you have any, like, what do you? what's your history with, like, Steven Spielberg movies? Like, what do you... What's your favorite Spielberg movie if you had to pick one? I'd actually have to look real quick. Yeah, because it's insane. There's a lot of movies that I like, and then, like, I'll look them up, and I'll be like, oh, shit, this is a Spielberg joint. All right, let's just take a look at the uh, the filmography real quick. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is a movie I have not seen, but I'd like to. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is a great movie, fantastic movie. Travesty, I didn't put it in my top 100 when I made my top 100, but, you know, hey. Sometimes you look back and... 
Uh, E.T. is a movie I haven't seen in a long time, and I'd really like to see E.T. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom has some bright spots, but I don't think it's as good as Raiders. The Color Purple is another movie that I've been meaning to see for a long time. Did he direct that? Yeah. I did not know that. Um, Hook. I actually really love Hook. He directed Hook as well? Yeah, I love Hook. Fuck, I did not know that. Um, I think Hook's a great little story. Uh, Jurassic Park is obviously amazing. Um, great, great, great. I don't care about any other Jurassic Park. I'm not going to watch any of the other ones. Sorry, that first one's good. i never seen a Jurassic Park. Did you know that about we me? We can see it in the theaters. I saw Jurassic World, though, in theaters. He also made Schindler's List, another movie that I would like to see, but I have not seen. Saving Private Ryan is another movie I'd like to see, but I have not seen. AI, Artificial Intelligence, I saw as a child, do not remember. I've heard people talk about Minority Report. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, mildly interesting. I have seen The Terminal. You ever seen The Terminal? No, but Catch Me If You Can is my answer. That's my favorite Steven Spielberg Spielberg movie. I love that movie. That movie's on. I am watching it. I've seen The Adventures of Tintin, uh, but I don't remember it. Uh, But to go back to The Terminal, it's like I think based on a true story about a gentleman who, like, traveling, the country he left became not a country anymore. So he just lived in an airport terminal for years. Yeah, he passed away this year, I believe. yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, War of the Worlds, I remember seeing that. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, goaded classic, best Indiana Jones movie. Um, Adventures of Tintin, saw that in the theaters. War Horse, didn't see it. Lincoln, didn't see it, but that's the one where Daniel Day-Lewis plays yeah. Lincoln, right? Bridge of Spies, didn't see it. The BFG, didn't see it. The Post, Ready Player One, ugh. And The Fablemans. Uh, my favorite, God, it'd be a tricky, tricky, oh, I also forgot to mention Jaws, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Honestly, it'd be kind of like a, I don't know. I would give you like my top four being just like Raiders, E.T., Hook, and Fablemans. But uh, maybe Hook being my favorite, as odd as that is to say? All right. I don't know. There's something like, at least in my head, like I've conjured this like almost mythical level of like just the dark, as in nighttime, not dark as in like tonally. Mm-hmm. Um, just this, uh, the opening that is in my head with like, uh, I think the grandmother's home alone. And the rest of the family is at this play, watching the kids do a play. And then they come home, and it's obvious that someone's, like, broken in or whatever. And it is a little dark or whatever, but it's basically, like, it's Tink. Um, And there's just this whole thing where, like, Robin Williams is Peter Pan, but he left Neverland and grew up and doesn't remember it kind of a thing. And, yeah, like, they bring him back. And I don't know, it's just, like... Isn't there a scene where uh, overweight... Oh, that's what it is. Hook comes and kidnaps his children. Oh. And brings them to Neverland, so he has to go to Neverland and save his children. That's what it is. Isn't there a scene, I think this might be the only thing I remember about it, where a, a, a heavyset kid lifts up both legs, turns into a ball, and then rolls down a hill? I don't know. I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> but I do remember there's a scene where like they're all eating nothing, and Robin Williams is like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Or whatever. And they're like, you gotta believe, or whatever. And then once he turns his imagination on, they're eating a bunch of sloppy, sloppy, colorful goop and then they have a food fight with it what are the chances I made up that the, the fat kid turned into a ball and then rolling down I'm saying 50-50 I don't yeah. know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah I don't know Raiders is probably the better movie uh, I like to the Fablemans um, and yeah, yeah. I, now that I think about it it might be a tie between Raiders and Catch Me If You Can yeah. which is I think an insane sentence to say I don't think yeah. anyone else uh, feels that way but I don't know why I just have a soft spot for Catch Me If yeah. You Can and I feel bad saying it without having seen like E.T. recently mm-hmm. 
Um, and also, I'm sure that Shitsune Lose List and Saving Private Ryan's are like amazing movies. Yeah, I, I, just haven't I don't know if they'd be my favorites, is all I'm saying. Like, compared yeah. to something like Raiders or E.T. or It takes a lot for me to see a, or like, a war movie. So I don't yeah. know about Saving Private Ryan ever. Like, yeah. I never. I would probably watch that before I saw Shinless List. I feel like Shinless List might be a little too mm-hmm. heavy, but at least Saving Private Ryan has kind of like a spectacle thing, I guess, where it's just like. I, I was just I listening know. to an interview with him. Band of Brothers, I also want to watch. But, yeah. And I could be getting the movies wrong, but I believe Schindler's List and Jurassic Park came out in the same year. What a killer year. What a killer year. Yeah. And I think what happened... That's how you tell him I, I'm Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I He said he was talking about he was, like, wrapping up, like, had done all the principal photography on Jurassic Park and, like, all the dinosaurs were done and it just needed to be like mixed and edited and like color edited and stuff like that and like it just needed to be edited and then I think he got someone told him about Schindler's List and he was like I could do this right now or I could wait however long I need to for like the next cycle of being able to make a film happens again Yeah, and I might not have the fire to do it anymore because I really want to do this right now so he went to George Lucas and was like, "Hey, could you, could you finish Jurassic Park for me while I go make Schindler's List?" <laughs> um, and before any of that happened, this man was a child. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Also, fun fact I know about him: uh, he uh, friends with George Lucas, which is insane. Um, yeah. Because I don't know about you, I don't really like George Lucas. I think George Lucas might be a hack. Um, who just happened to surround himself with a bunch of other very talented people and gets all the credit for it. Um, anyway, uh, they were hanging out after Jaws, I think, or something like that. And uh, George Lucas was like, uh, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do next? And he's like, God, I'd love to love to do a James Bond movie, but I've asked over and over again, and they just will not let me. And George Lucas was like, shit, I got this thing called Indiana Jones. It's basically the same thing. Just do that. Which I think that's a lot of fun. It is. But before they had that conversation, he was a child. You know what that sound is, Chris? What is that sound, Nick? Cinema. Whoa. I have the camera that they used to film the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Isn't that fun? That is a lot of fun. Right? It's exactly the word I'd use for it. Crazy. Um, oh, yeah, mail time. Uh, the Fablemans this week gets in the email, so I'm reading it off of my iPhone 13. Uh, cinema, baby. The lights, the sounds, the magic. Go to the movies and transport yourself to another world filled with spectacle where your wildest dreams come true. And Seth Rogen isn't cuckolding your father. It's more fun at MJR. Is that how you do it? Is that the four claps? Seven out of ten. I know. How many claps No, it's like... It? Isn't that what it's like? Yeah. Is yeah, because it goes bop, bop, bop. Every time I go to a movie, to the show. and I'm there, and nobody claps during that, and I can hear the music beats of the dun, 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 I get chills. I'm like, that's good. That's so much better than hearing a bunch of dipshits clap. It makes me so mad that people clap. That's funny. And it's like the most curmudgeon Like, I know I'm wrong. That's yeah. bad. I shouldn't be thinking that. But every time I do, it just makes me so mad. What can you do? Um, Your history with this movie? I own it. We had a, we, Fantastic. We couldn't. It's hard to. Uh, it's not playing in a lot of places nearby us. And we don't know a guy. And we don't know a guy. So we bought it off of Amazon. Also, that sucked. 
Yeah, fuck it. Hey, Amazon the, sucks. The Amazon Prime Video app blows ass. The Amazon buying things online app blows ass. Yeah, it. Uh, we watched... the only thing they're good at is getting you uh, whatever you just ordered by seven p.m. tonight for some reason. Yeah. So often it does that. I'll be like, hey, you can have it by tonight. I'm like, okay, cool. Is there just a van like rolling around with like a one that someone like canceled last minute or something? Yeah. Like, how does that happen? I think, I think there's a warehouse real close to us. But the app, we watched most of this movie in 360p um, with subtitles, which we did not want on. But every time I went to go turn them off, uh, the app would crash. Um, so, Jeff Bezos, I left with the stupid fucking rockets. Get your shit together. Give away a lot of your money and give away a lot of it to upgrading this stupid app so I yeah. can watch the Fablemans. And that's something I have a problem with sometimes. Not always. Is uh, this is not a fault of the movie, but like uh, yeah, um, when I when the captions are on and it's like a very dramatic thing, I'll, I'll kind of be like a little too focused on like reading and not really like taking it in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I disconnect I, it. So I had to really, like, try to, like, put my hand up over the captions and just pay attention to movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, it really bothers me when people are, like, subtitles supremacy. Like, you should always have subtitles on. And, like, oh, what, you can't read fast enough? Is that why you don't like it's having subtitles on? It's like, no, I can read on? too fast. I so can read too fast. Timing. Exactly. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. The, the dramatic timing of the scene. Yeah, like, if something happens and someone's, like... Oh man, I just don't know what's happening. And then they get shot, and I can read the subtitle says, "I don't know what's bang." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, this guy's gonna get shot in half a second. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, I'm so focused on reading that I'm not taking in whatever else is happening. Um, I don't mind it with a foreign film. Foreign film, because you got to do what you got to do yeah. sometimes. And there are um, some very dramatic foreign films like A Taste of Cherry mm-hmm. um, that I love. Um, you know, or even like India Song. Uh, but Old uh, Boy. Yeah. But yeah. When I know the language and I'm also reading at the same time, it's just, like I said, I, I can just read so much faster than I hear things. Yeah. Not even sucks. a brag or a flex. It's just natural. Anyways, I'll talk about my history now. My history was uh, a lot of people, you know, recommending, saying, hey, I got to see this kind of a thing. And I don't know. I was being kind of, I guess, a curmudgeon. I was just being like, same. it's not my kind of movie. I'm not going to go watch an autobiography about Steven Spielberg. I want something real, you know, or something like that, you know. I don't know, I don't know why. I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel that strongly about oh, it. I, did. I was just like, I, I heard that's what it was, and I was like, I mean, eh. I'm not going to run out and go see it. Yeah. But, I don't know, if I have nothing going on on a Sunday yeah. in a year from now when it's on Netflix, yeah, sure, I'll probably check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I got to eat my own shorts. I actually really like this movie. I like um, the performances in this thing. Oh, yeah, they're, everybody in this movie is top of the line except for maybe the kid who plays Steven Spielberg but everybody else I think is pretty I thought he did pretty, pretty alright I, I don't think right. he did bad I yeah. just think everybody else did much much better than him uh, but yeah Michelle Williams Paul Dano Seth Rogen and then what is his name is his name Gar- Gabrielle LaBelle is that the little boy sure yeah um, yeah Paul Dano's my man Paul Dano's the man yeah Yeah. love him yeah. love him and everything yeah and uh, yeah this was like a surprisingly like honest and um um, I guess like I mean this in a specific sense like there were uh, there was a lot of like situations that little 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 Mr. Fableman had found himself in that were like emotionally complicated like just mm-hmm. like like the Seth Rogen scene for example where he has bought him that camera because he oh, believes yeah. in his dreams but at the same time he's like this dude's fucking my mom and ruining my relationship and just like the 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 like the, the like that to be in such a hard situation to be like fuck this is someone who's spending a lot of money on this thing because like they're like I believe in you, 
you need to do this, but also it's like in my mind right now, the literal like worst person I've ever met. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, and then when he ends it with that whole thing where he's like, you know what I mean? He's like, you can't stop making movies to break your mother's heart, and she doesn't deserve that, least of all from you, you know, or from yeah. anyone or ever, at least all from you or whatever. Like, ugh, rough. Yeah, rough, it's rough, so. Rough. I love that this movie was marketed as Steven Spielberg's love letter to cinema. Yeah. And it is not that at all. It is yeah. him like, hey, here's what I was doing to escape the fact that uh, my parents uh, were like, I didn't even suck. Like, that's the thing that, that I like the most about this movie. Yeah. Nobody, with the exception of the bull- the anti-Semitic bullies at the end. Yeah. Nobody in this movie is bad. Yeah. Yeah, like, like like Seth Rogen seems like a great guy, other than the fact that he just happened to be in love with someone's wife and didn't go about it the way that like you quote unquote should. Yeah, and same with his mom. It's like his mom clearly had, settled and wasn't necessarily exactly like living the life that she wanted. But it's still, absolutely, like I don't know if she's like projecting or being too nice about it, but she clearly loves Paul Dano. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like, is it a romantic love? Is it like a exactly. first of a life love? You know. Or is it like a just... I think this is a great person and we spent so much time together. Exactly. Yeah. And she also... I can't tell if she's... She is. She's a little not all there. Yeah. Like I she gets that phone call she from mental illness, the yeah. ghost of her mom and stuff like that. And so you're never... You're never... You're never mad... Really mad at somebody as a person. You're like mad at their actions, I guess. And I just... Yeah, you just can't help but love everybody in this movie except for the bullies yeah. um, until the very end. And it just, yeah, I there's something about a, a Spielberg production that even, like, I'm I'm lukewarm on this movie. I, it had me the whole time. Yeah. It, up until it was over, um, I was, it, 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 it was if, if a Spielberg movie is playing in front of me, I am hooks. I, he just knows how to make a movie that makes me yeah. want to sit there for the two and a half hours and watch the whole thing. Yeah. And even if it's over, and I'm like, nah, that wasn't my favorite thing in the world. I don't feel like I wasted two and a half hours, you know? Yeah. And it just, ah, just she buys a monkey and I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we'll speed through the plot just to get us to like specific places or whatever. But, you know, it opens with them, uh, the, his parents, Paul Dano and uh, Michelle Williams, uh, taking a young uh, Fableman to uh, the movies for the first time. He's very scared. He's afraid of the dark. His dad explains what a motion picture is to him. Um, and you know what? This guy loves movies. Transfixed. Yeah. By, what is it, The Greatest Show? Yeah, I think so. Um, anyways, he becomes obsessed with the image of that, that car getting hit with the train. His dad gets him a nice train set. He smash it. And uh, he keeps saying that he had to see it, you know, and his parents are really trying to wrap their heads around, like, what do you mean he had to see it, you know, kind of a thing. And I think uh, his mom kind of, like, in a sense, kind of gets an idea. It's almost like, um, at that point, it, it, the closest thing, it almost seems like, you know, maybe she understands it from the place of, like, um, like exposure therapy. Like, he is afraid of this thing and yeah. he needs to watch it to kind of, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. But anyway, so she's like, well, here, if you need to watch it so bad so you're not smashing all the time, we'll just, we'll record it or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you can watch it anytime you want kind of a thing. She buys him a little camera and some film and stuff, and he does just that. But she says, you know, you can only smash it mm-hmm. one time. I love whatever. this, yeah. Yeah, and then later on, he's like, I just smash it a bunch of times, you know. Yeah, I love it. They, they get in yeah. the closet and they watch it, and there's cuts and there's edits and there's yeah. reenactments and things happen over and over again. He's like, I had to do it a bunch of times, but don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I love that that, that uh, going into the closet is like a reoccurring yeah. uh, thing that they do together. Um, flash forward, and I think he's now in the Boy Scouts. 
Yes. This has kind of like a young indie vibes. Like a yeah, he looks like uh, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix at the beginning of uh, three. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, they're catching scorpions to sell them to be able to buy films so that they can shoot movies together and stuff. And yeah. um, apparently, all these uh, all these movies that Sammy Fableman is shooting in this movie are actual student films that, or student films are actually child films, <laughs> amateur movies that uh, Steven Spielberg made yeah. as a kid, and he just. I was like, you know, it'd be fucking sick if I could just remake all these. All yeah. these movies I made as a kid, if I could make them now as a 95-year-old man with <laughs> yeah. a 4K camera. Oh, it's Do you awesome. think he still uh, has some of the original prints of the movies? Know, that's a great question. I don't know. It would be, what a treasure. It would be super cool if he did. Yeah. But I feel like this movie would be a little bit cooler if he didn't. If yeah. he just remembered all of them and he yeah. remembered, like, like all the, like, the... Like the tricks where he's poking the pinholes in the film yeah. to make it look like the guns are firing, or like the fake like landmines that they're making and stuff like that. All that stuff is super cool, and it's even cooler if he just remembers yeah. making all that stuff in the fifties or whatever. Yeah. Also, fun fact: the kid that uh, plays Sammy Fableman, uh, Steven Spielberg taught him how to use that camera, yeah, and how to edit the film and stuff like that, so he knew what he was doing. So that's would, awesome. I guess look more believable, but yeah. just without it. Without using the excuse of, oh, it'll look more believable. It is just very cool to yeah. know that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think one of the earliest things they're doing is in the back of that stagecoach. And uh, the gentleman who's renting it to the day, he's like, for the day, he's like, you're getting dust all in or whatever it is. And mm. it's just like, well, vacuum it out. Don't worry. You know? And I love that. I love the, the back and forth of uh, the Paul Dano character, his father, um, being so supportive of his son and yeah. everything that he does. But also at the same time, just, oh, no, this is a hobby. You need to like it, get a real job and stuff like that, and like e- like even there are the little moments where they're driving in a car one time, and his dad he's talking. His dad's a science man who's making computers and stuff. Yeah, uh, just like cock of the walk. Is that the expression? Is that an expression? He's the cream of the crop. He's just the big science guy who's getting bought up by IBM and all the other science places. Um, and he's like. Uh, one of them says to the other one, like, oh, no, what you do is basically what a movie director does. And he goes, yeah, you're right. And they bond about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, he says or, it, and then his son says, yeah, you know what, you're right. Yeah. Or when he he's like, how'd you get the guns to look like they were actually firing? He's like, I poked pinholes in the film. Yeah. So that, and like that, and I, oh, fuck, I love how that's set up, too, when it's with, with the mom playing the piano or whatever, and she steps on her sheet music. Yeah. And he picks it up, and there's that stiletto uh, heel mm-hmm. mark through it hole through the paper and he just looks it up and then puts it down and they draw no attention to it mm-hmm. and I think it's a little bit later too like it's not yeah. even the next scene or you don't even see him poking the pinholes in it his dad just says how'd you get that there? Yeah. yeah and then he tells him and you put together that those are what happened and his dad goes oh that's a real engineer brain thing to do like his dad <laughs> yeah. is happy for him and excited for him and yeah. in both of these moments he's like oh man my son has the same type of mind that I do, but he's using it for something else. Yeah. And then that's why it makes it so much more heartbreaking when he's like, no, I want to make movies. Yeah. And his dad's like, no, you need to do something that matters, that yeah. has substance. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's also one of those things where, like, um, you know, to a degree, his dad does get to chase what he loves in the way that, like, he's telling his son not to, and his wife doesn't. She gave up on her dreams. Yeah. But he literally just gets to be like, hey... I just got a bitching job in Arizona. We're going to Arizona. Nope. It's just more Time money. to go to California. Yeah. You know. Um, and they hate that move in Arizona. They hate that. It's not as bad as the next move, but they're not happy. But that's when uh, that's when they start. He just starts, you know, catching the scorpions and stuff. I, we just glossed over that thing as, like, something that um, 
is uh, honestly pretty important mm-hmm. to the movie. Um, he literally gets brought across the country by happenstance to where movies happen, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy turn of events. Um, but yeah, it is a sad thing, and it's also something like you know, uh, even from personal experience. Like I remember when my parents were like, "We're moving to Virginia." Yeah, no, mm-hmm. and that was nutty. It was like you know, I, I remember like literally like writing down like, I, it was in that moment that I became conscious of the idea that like things change. Life goes on. You forget things. You get older. You might not ever go back to your hometown. Kind of yeah. things like I just remember like writing out like these are all the friends that I want to forget. These are all the TV shows I liked. These are all like the superheroes I liked. Like I don't want to like when I'm an adult. I hope I still have this sheet of paper so I can remember who I was then. Do you still have I this don't want to forget that? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I was like, you know, I want to remember who I was. Kind of thing. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. You know. When they announced their move to Arizona, everyone's real upset about it. Yeah. Everyone goes, no, mom goes. What about Seth Rogen, though? <laughs> what about Seth Rogen? And I jokingly was like, uh-oh, I think Mom is sleeping with Seth Rogen. Yeah. And you went, oh, yeah, no, I know. She absolutely is. Someone told me. Yeah. And I went, oh, okay. Sorry to ruin it for you. It's fine. <laughs> they see a tornado outside. Mom goes, let's get in the car and drive toward the tornado. Yeah. And it's like, all right. All right, Mom's not together. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things kind of like that. Well, no, that, that one works. I feel like that is something you would see in a movie. But something I do really enjoy about this movie is that there's like really strange moments like when she slaps him. Yeah. And he like turns around at the last second and she hits him on the back. So he's got this big handprint on his back. That's like so weird and like out of place and like kind of like it just sits with you wrong. Like yeah. this doesn't seem like something you should be putting in a movie. Like <laughs> if something wrote it, if somebody yeah. wrote it in a script, I'd be yeah. like that's change this somehow mm. i don't like it but since it is the story of steven spielberg's life it's so weird and so specific it's like oh i really like this and this really works because mm-hmm. very clearly this is a thing that one for one happened to you yeah and i feel that way for a lot of the movie um which like, is also a really difficult uh point in the movie because at that point he's had the camping trip which is capped off with like industrial symphony number one by david lynch like where she's in the headlights dancing his mother and like mm-hmm. again it's one for one like too weird like too oddly specific like the sister spends all the time freaking out like you can see her underwear underneath the mom stop stop and like everybody else just be like no no let your mother have this moment or whatever and her just like freaking out she's like everybody can see her underwear what are you what are you doing mom stop doing this yeah that seems weird because uh Paul Dano's like, nah, it's cool. And Seth <laughs> Rogen's like, nah, it's cool. And I get that. And meanwhile, Steven Spielberg is sitting there like, nah, it's cool. It's like, bro, that's your mom. Stop filming it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he has this huge like war picture production that he has planned. And his dad basically comes to him and is like, and this is another fucking tough scene. Yeah. Where he's like, I got you that $80 like editing machine you needed or whatever. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. He's like, but I need something from you. And he's like, you know, your mother's mother has just died or whatever. And I think it would really cheer her up if you made a video of the camping trip we just took. So if you could just work on that tomorrow and get it to your mother, that'd be great. And he's like, what, Dad? I can't know. I have like 40 guys coming to like be in this like work machine. He's like, I need it to be done tomorrow or whatever. And he's like, Dad, I can't just reschedule. He's like, you can do it next weekend. I need that tomorrow or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, his, and Paul Dana like breaks. I don't want pointing. He's like, I, I don't know what. I don't know what to do. I, this is I. I think this will help, and that's that's all I know. You yeah, know? I just very sweet. Yeah, because Grandma died. Very tough seeing her in laying in the bed with her mom. Yeah, be like, oh, her eyes opened. Her eyes opened. Nurse, she's okay. Her eyes opened. It's like, yeah. oh, she's it's because she died. Um, and then we get 
one of the two best characters in this movie immediately afterwards. Yeah, Uncle. Uh, is it his name Boris? What is it? Uncle S- Boris. Something like that. Yeah, I'll look it up. Um, it is Boris. It's Uncle Boris. Played by who plays Uncle Boris? Fuck. Great question. But I love Uncle Boris. Um, um, the night I w- before. I would say. Are you? Oh, go on. Sorry. I was just gonna say the night before she gets a call from her mother again. Not really. She's <laughs> but, dead. Yeah. Her mother says, don't let him into the house, whatever. And when Uncle Boris shows up, that's her first reaction. She's like, oh, my God, I saw mom last night. And she said, don't let him in the house. This has to be it because she didn't like Uncle Boris growing up, you know. Um, Uncle Boris comes, and he's a hoot and a half. Judd Hirsch. He's played by Judd Hirsch. He's a hoot and a holler. I fucking love Uncle Boris. Yeah. He's the best part of this movie, I would say. Yeah, he goes on it's this, like, like five-minute like monologue to young Steven Spielberg and basically says, like, hey, you love your family, but you love this just a little bit more. You know, you got that twinkle in your eyes. You want to entertain, you want to do art. But art and family, they'll rip you apart. And you got to pick art because I know you love it more than family. But you also got to know that it's going to be a lonely, heartbreaking, awful, awful thing that you do just because you love it. And yeah. I know you got it inside of you. Whatever. And like even like little, little, little um, Sammy's crying while he's listening to his uncle and like walking away from him and stuff like that. And it's a, just a fucking, yeah, it's, a, it's like a, one of my favorite scenes for sure. Like, because it's not, because it's like a tough, like, emotional but he's scene. Tough, tough. He's like literally trying to say, like, I understand. Yeah. And like Sammy's like scared of it almost. Like, at least my opinion, it's almost like he's not even willing to accept that, like, oh, this guy, you know what I mean? He yeah, does know like, what he's talking about. He's just yeah. scared of like, what is going on? You know, like, I don't even think he's necessarily like letting it. But anyways. Exactly. And the way like Uncle Boris is telling him it, it's not like he's like mad. Yeah. It's he's not, just saying like, I know you. Yeah. He's not, he's not saying it in a way that's just like, listen, this shit I'm going to tell you is going to change your life and put you no. on the right course. He's telling him like, hey, this is how you make a nice reggaeton. No, yeah. He's, like, he's saying it the way that he like, you might like, uh, like, let's say you and I were traveling salesmen. He's saying it the same way. You might be like, nah, being on the road's a bitch, isn't it? Like he, he thinks Sammy already has this figured out. Like yeah, he yeah. knows this about himself, you know? Ugh, nine to five. Am I right? Like that's kind of how <laughs> yeah, he's that's how he's saying it. And, and uh, Sammy's just like, what the fuck is all of this? What is this? And then it, <laughs> it's capped by like him, like pulling a pillow down on the ground. And he's like, oh, I'm going to sleep on the floor for my uh, sister or whatever. And they like rips his shirt. No, like, he ripped it earlier while he yeah. was crying. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he starts crying and then he rips his shirt and he's like, "What? You never seen anybody grieve before?" Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, "You want me to? Ma- you can sleep in the bed. I'll make the bed for you." He goes, nah, I'm gonna sleep he's on like, the floor. He's like, "Rip your shirt and lay on the floor for your mother, or your grandmother." Great. Uh, your bubbla. Uh, he calls him yeah. bubbla, which I love. I yeah. looked it up. A bubbla means um, it's Yiddish. I think it like I can't remember, but I think it translates to like little grandmother or something yeah. like that. And it's just like an endearing thing to call someone, and I love it. Yeah, and uh, also yeah, like uh, right before he leaves and he gets in the cab, he does the whole arm over arm thing when he was like doing the whole like they're playing apart like family and art they don't mix you know like yeah 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 uh, and then you never see Uncle Boris again which is too bad because Uncle Boris seems like somebody that uh, you know I don't know Steven Spielberg's rest of his life but I feel like he seemed old enough that I hope Steven got the chance to speak with some with Boris some more. Yeah, um, me too. I feel like there's a bit of kindred spirit there for real that really could have been you know. But also like I was saying about the home movies. It'd be a lot cooler if he didn't. It'd be so much cooler if that's the last time he saw Uncle, the first yeah. and last time he saw Uncle Boris. Um, and then yeah, it's not too long after. It could uh, yeah, maybe next day, same night. I don't know where he finds all the you know little like hand holdings and smoochins and stuff and all the camping trip footage and stuff. And basically, oh, figures out like oh god, yeah. My mom is banging my dad's best friend, which is also something I love. They talk about it later uh, before. On their way to California, mom tells them, she's like, we never, like, it was just, like, stolen glances and hand-holding and stuff like that. Yeah. That's pretty, that's all that really happened. And that's, like, I don't know, like, 
a little sweeter. Like if I, but if, is it true? Also, you never know. I'd like to believe so. Okay, I'd like to believe her and Seth Rogen are good enough people that they understand that they're in this really tough situation that they shouldn't really pursue. But while we can, if we get yeah. a second away together, give we, I'll give you a little kiss on the cheek, or we can yeah. hold hands or something like that. It is just, yeah, I just want to keep going on about about how I like everybody in this movie, and it's such a tough situation. I could not imagine being in Steven Spielberg's situations for this because, yeah, Seth Rogen is such a nice guy, yeah. and Paul Dano is such a nice guy, and it's yeah. like, man, you know who would fucking rip if it could just work out? <laughs> if we could open this marriage up. <laughs> if I could just have two dads, that would be yeah. awesome. These guys are great. This guy, my dad, is where I get all my smarts from, and he's super sweet, and he's super kind, and he really yeah. helps me out with all my life. But Seth Rogen is buying me cameras and believes in me as an <laughs> yeah. artist and wants me to do this. Yeah, and that's the tough thing is because his dad, I like the way that he's portrayed because he's never portrayed as like the way that you would in like a classic like movie, like the whole like, no, you gotta go to college. He's always like, you gotta do something practical or whatever. And he's just like, but I like movies and stuff. And he's like, I, I understand, I understand. You know, like he never mm -hmm. really pushes it to a point where it's like, yeah, whoa, exactly. Paul Dano's a dick. Like he genuinely is just like concerned with him like, being like hey like i don't know how to tell you that might not work out work out yeah you know like that's really what he's trying to say he's not saying it to be an asshole mm -hmm. you know and i know nobody ever really is but he's just too nice of a guy to like ever cross that line into like being verbally you know abusive or like belittling or anything like that he never puts him down for it and he always ends it in a place where he's not giving him like an ultimatum of like you have to stop making yeah movies, exactly you know um and then what else should happen but uh another bitchin offer for paul dano to go be the smartest man alive i mean was this dude uh, should i look it up was he involved in the fucking imitation it, yeah. game he might be. Was he one of the guys in the imitation game or something? Is this uh, is Paul Dano playing fucking uh, Doctor Strange? Is this what uh, Doctor Strange went on to do after he invented the internet in that movie, the imitation game? He became Paul Dano and then later... And then birthed Steven Spielberg? And then was a wizard later on? No, that's not true. Uh, the gentleman I'm thinking of, I can't remember uh, his actual real life name, but uh, he was a uh, uh, prosecutor for being a homosexual in the 50s and chemically castrated and then killed himself. And it wasn't until like 2010 or 2012 that uh, England pardoned him for any, uh, you know, sodomy or whatever that they... They uh, charged him for that ultimately caused him to kill himself. So, very sad story. Imitation Game's a good movie, too. But that's not the movie we're talking about. Uh, yeah, Steven Spielberg's dad uh, was uh, a big deal. Um, I mean, just reading the opening of his Wikipedia page, but it's like a lot of minute, sciencey stuff about the early stages of Does computers. Does he look like Paul uh, No, he looks like... Um, he looks like that blue bird from the Muppets, the old one, the eagle. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. You're talking about, uh, <laughs> nice, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, they, they're like, hey, we're moving to California. Family hates this. Really hates this. They really do, yeah. Uh, by this point, it seems like, again, it's one of those unspoken things. Like, you know, dad's pretty hip to what's going on with Bert. Is he? I think Before so. they, oh, okay. Like, he's like... Benny's got to stay. He's not good enough for IBM. Okay, yeah. She's crying a lot. You know, there's some distance. Um, on the car ride over. Um, 
she breaks down and like runs out of the car and goes and have a conversation with Sammy. Dad's like, I had the strangest dream last night that me and Benny were upset about something and we got into a fist fight. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, she just keeps saying like, you know, do you think your dad has like even an inkling? Because prior to this, they've talked, and he says, "I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell Dad or anything like that." Oh, also, the the conversation with him and his mom. Oh, because he shows him the, her the footage also of like them holding hands and stuff. Yeah, and like when she when she slaps him, it's so tough. Like yeah. just watch, like him being like, "I'm in this like awful position. I don't want to let my mom know, and I yeah. don't want to hurt her." But he's also a teenager, so he can't help but act a certain way towards his mom, yeah. and she knows. And just her being in his room, being like. I love you more than anything. You are my son. You need to tell me what's wrong, and he just won't. And it's so sad. It's yeah. so heartbreaking until he finally shows it to her, and she's like, "Oh, and it's so, oh, like just the the way it's shot with like he he puts the film on for her, and she's in the closet alone, and she just has this big smile on her face watching the footage of her and Benny, and then when she leaves the closet, she realizes like, oh, this is a problem. This yeah. is a really big problem. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Fast forward to them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're in California. They fucking hate this. Except the mm-hmm. dad. The dad thinks it's great. Doesn't seem to notice that everybody hates it. Um, and, yeah, little Benny. Not Benny. <laughs> uh, and uh, Sammy uh, um, gets bullied at school uh, for being Jewish. Quite substantially bullied. Um, literally, at one point, they're asking him to apologize for killing Christ or whatever. I know it's a classic comeback, but I I do I did like the line where he was like, obviously since I'm not two thousand years old, I didn't kill Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> but um, that leads into him kind of well, actually we buzzed past the the scene I was talking about. Like yeah, the, the yeah. that's where the Seth Rogen scene happens with the camera right before they move to California because he's like, I'm going to miss you and I love you and I believe in this movie thing and yeah, I just bought the most expensive camera that you can buy. It was a camera he you. was he was renting earlier. Yeah, he went in and bought it. Yeah, it was while, thoughtful. And they just happened to be there at the same time. Yeah. And Sammy's there selling his camera. He's giving camera. up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it does get to the point where, like I said, you know, young Sammy like recognizes like. You know the, how fucked the situation is, whatever. And he's like, "Okay, I'll take the camera, but I'm paying you for it. I have thirty-five dollars here." And Seth Rogen's just so good. Yeah, as he pulls he's, off, Sammy realizes that he slipped it into his pocket. And he's no, like, "Keep the change." Yeah, that's great. But I love when he's like, "I'll give you thirty-five dollars for it." Obviously, a fraction of a fraction of what the camera yeah. costs. And I love Seth Rogen. Like, you drive a hard bargain and take yeah, it from yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're in California. Like I said, homeboys getting bullied, beat up, all kinds of shit like that. Um, he finds himself in all, in all kinds of misadventures where, like, he notices the, you know, bully kissing a girl while he's got another girlfriend. He lets it spill. The bully makes him, like, you know, tell the girlfriend that he was lying, but she knows that he wasn't because he had certain details that, like, why would she know that? Yada, yada, yada. All kinds of stuff's going on in a young little little Sammy's life. He's, you know, getting to a point where things are interesting in his own life. Yes. Like, that. like he's, he's, he's this blossoming solo life. Um, but two good things kind of come of, in a sense. He has, like, his uh, first love, very funny scene. This woman loves Jesus Christ and kind of soft thinks maybe she can convert him, but mainly, like, I don't like, know, it's, like, it's this weird, so... like, sexual, like, Jesus and sex are, like, so intertwined Yeah, because she, she's so sexually attracted to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yeah. Um, and she meets Steven Spielberg, and she's like, you're my little Jew. Jesus yeah, was a Jesus Jew. Christ You're was a little, little a handsome little Jewish boy. You're also a handsome little Jewish yeah. boy. And like that's such a like a, such a tough situation that I'll never be in. And yeah. I, I cannot not judge or support what he did here. But just the idea of being like this girl's into me yeah. because I remind her of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ the figurehead of the opposite religion yeah. of what I and have. There's so many times where she says things like. Uh, 
you know, like, uh, oh my God, have you found Christ or whatever? Like when she, he, he, she, he gives her the, 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 the rose or whatever. And he's like, y- in, in a jewelry store. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I like that she laughs and I, I love yeah. that. It's like, there's a very playful thing between yeah. the two of them where she's like, as it goes on, she's not yeah. like, you have, you have to be a Christian. Yeah, like this before. is a deal breaker. She's just different. like, huh? and he's yeah. like, uh, she's like, yeah. oh, you. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I almost wish I had a religion so that I could have a relationship like that mm-hmm. with somebody else who had a religion. Um, I'm jealous is what I'm trying to say. Um, and then the other thing is that uh, another kind of complicated scene where they're at dinner with the family and the, they're kind of like doing this weird back and forth about like, you should make movies. I'm thinking about making movies. I thought you gave that up, all that kind of stuff. Because um, yeah, he has the opportunity to shoot the senior skip day thing. And it's like a scene where he kind of like puts his foot down in one of the first like becoming a you know adult kind of like thing where he's like he just is like I'm renting the camera I'm shooting the senior skit day. Yeah, because his parents are like, hey, we'll buy it for you. And he's yeah. like, I thought you didn't want to buy it. And his parents are arguing about like whether or yeah. not they're gonna let him. And then simultaneously, his his girlfriend is also like, oh yeah, my dad has like the most expensive camera you could possibly have. And he's like, oh my god, your dad has that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His parents are like, oh, we can rent the machine for you. And she's, she's like, like my... you'll ask my dad. And he's, she's like, my dad will say yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, fine, Paris, I don't need you. Yeah. And I love uh, Paul Dano's mom, who's just a huge bitch in every scene she's in. Just hates the mom, yeah. justifiably so. Like, if you're Paul Tano's mom, I would understand how you would hate her. Um, also, another little touch that I love. Um, uh, uh, someone else brought this up in a different review that I was watching. I can't remember who. But it's just like there's so many nice little touches of this, like how they're always eating on paper plates yeah. on a paper tablecloth because mom doesn't like doing the dishes. So Which it just... was fun because I didn't know at first. At first I just thought, oh, the 50s when you just fucking anything, yeah. anything was trash. And they just throw it all in the middle of the table. They wrap up the big uh, the the paper tablecloth and yeah. i just throw that all away and um i think it was red letter media who put it into words for me but like that's such a weird little specific thing that you it was like i was saying with the slap on the back yeah such a weird little specific thing that you would never put in a movie where it's like yeah. oh this is just an oddly detail detail about very specifically steven spielberg's yeah. mom that does not build into the movie at all it just builds out her as a character a little bit more because she's a real life human being yeah um at this point i think primarily what happens is he shoots the thing shoots senior skip day yeah shows it to the school uh he shoots it parents get divorced oh right i forgot we also skipped over them getting the monkey that was weird but yeah parents get divorced they get a monkey name of benny um, parents get divorced. It's rough stuff. Uh, rough stuff. He hides away in his room to edit while that's happening, and his sister's like, "What? What, what is fucking wrong with you? You can't. This is. You can't just run away from it here. You can't." He's like, "I don't know. I guess me and you are different." So in fact, his sister, with the bangs and the glasses, she's. Um, remember the Tammy Craps sketch from I think you should leave. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, are you heavy enough to yeah. play with this doll? Yeah. Uh, that's her. Nice. That's that girl, and she's also the little girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, who yeah. does the scene with Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, that girl, uh, that that girl, that, that's that girl's the best child actor I think I've ever seen. She's mm-hmm. so unbelievably good. Yeah, parents get divorced. It's rough stuff. Sister gives him some grief, as you're saying, and yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting because, like I see, you know, she comes at him for being like. There's like this divide that happens naturally in families, and it's not a healthy thing. I've seen like people acknowledge that in like uh even like heavyweight i think heavyweight has an episode where they talk like about how that there's that woman and she's like yeah my dad used to do this thing where she he was like oh you're so smart i'm so smart we are so smart we're smarter than everybody else it's us versus you know everybody else yeah the crazy episode where their dad was a psychiatrist and like split the family up on purpose 
something I can't remember what the rest yeah. of it is. It's just that nugget always stuck with me because she was like, I, I didn't. She was like, I didn't realize how mentally abusive that was until I was an adult. Because at the time, I thought like, oh, this is my dad and he loves me, and he thinks I'm smart or he thinks I'm talented. But to like pedestal me like that, yeah, like section me away from everybody, actually did a lot more damage, you know, than. Like, you know, it was just yeah. kind of narcissistic behavior it, and, yeah. like, manipulative behavior. It's not good to, to, to like, praise someone to that degree, to, like, yeah. a seclusive. It doesn't really build on what level. you were saying, but it just reminded me of something I read forever ago. It was a study about, like, they were giving kids, like, just, like, elementary school kids or middle school kids, like, math tests. Yeah. And they would, like, take all their scores like tests that were easy so like you knew that they were going to get good scores on them and they took one group of kids and would tell them well you did a great job you're very smart you're really really smart and you did really good on this and they took the other group of kids and went you did a great job on this you work really hard you're a really hard worker and then they would give them a second test that was way too hard for them Mm -hmm. and the kids that they told were smart gave up very quickly were like Mm -hmm. oh no this is too much for me i'm I'm smart enough to know that this is out of my league. Yeah. And the kids that they told were hard workers were like, well, I'm going to try to finish this because I'm a hard worker. Yeah. And I think that's... It's a beautiful ten, thing to yeah, think about. Ten, yeah. Honestly, that's that's a really, really smart thing to think about. Yeah. It's... it's it's um, Where I was going with it is in the, in, in, in the context of the movie, his sister has decided for herself because of the way that their parents talk about them that she's on Team Dad and... Sammy is bad because he's like mom that this family is scientists and artists right and that's kind of like not a healthy family dynamic but anyway yeah, but to go back to what you're saying it is an interesting thing we'll, we'll come back to the same I just yeah. want to like touch back on the touchstone of like why we're even talking about that but your thing is like it, it is really really like fucked and so hard to wrap your head around like exactly what you are saying like it, mm-hmm. it, it, you know another way to put it is like you can make a mistake without doing anything wrong you know like yeah you know you could have the best intention of like telling your child that you're smart but you don't you know what i mean like it, you, you know your example of like hard worker being a better thing mm-hmm. to maybe prepare your child for life like that um yeah it's just it's it's so so fucked up how uh powerful your words are i guess because and it's something i've talked about before like you have this inner world right yeah and you, you think that the words you've chosen are exactly perfect to relay exactly what you're thinking and feeling yeah and it isn't until sometimes much much later that someone tells you like hey what the fuck and you're like oh wow i really didn't think it was going over like that like yeah you know what I mean? there were so many you know it's almost like uh i i, I was skim reading but yeah. with words, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, I just yeah. skipped to like, you know a couple of things. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's tricky. But you were gonna say about the the artist and the scientist thing. Yeah, his sister, his sister's yelling at him because he's like he is team mom, but he's also mad at mom. Yeah. And she's like, "You're mad at." It's mom. so complicated. Yeah. yeah. And I understand what she means. He's running away from it in the sense that he's like ignoring it. You know. Yeah. Um, and he's mad at mom because mom is kind of like him. Yeah. And she's kind of projecting stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but again, like, you know, it's one of those things that's so odd because it's like there's so many things that you could almost criticize, you know, dad for for the same thing. Like, I don't know if it necessarily counts necessarily, but like, you know, like he accuses his dad of of running away, like, you know, just picking up and moving and stuff. And um, in a sense, he's ignoring the situation with his wife. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think in a sense, like him running away is much, you know, like his mom, like 
diving into like uh you know the piano or whatever it's the same thing with him he's diving into his work his passion it's the same thing it's just they were really the only thing different about the two characters to a degree is that like he's someone who got to follow and she had to give up and tag along yeah you know and yeah he gives him that big because like he's having trouble at school too and he yells at his dad and he's like, he doesn't even care how this is affecting any of us yeah and it is kind of more so like this is really fucking up mom and you're not really yeah. You kind of don't give a shit because it's a pretty selfish thing that you're doing. Yeah. And then they, yeah, then they split up and he's like mad at mom more so instead now. And it's yeah. Like, it's all very strange. But anyways, he picks prom night to tell his girlfriend that he wants to marry her and also that <laughs> yes. his parents got divorced. Um, this scene to the end, I was like, oh, I'm 100% in. Yeah. So up until now, I'm like, this movie is fine. But when it gets to prom and he tells her this and he plays the movie for everybody and he's talking to the bully and then the yeah. scene afterward with john ford and i'm like this i'm all in this yeah. is great this is this is like uh to kill a mockingbird i was whatever <laughs> and then boo radley shows up and i'm like i'm fucking in yeah basically like he says to her like hey i was wondering like i'm moving to hollywood to try to be like a movie director and like would you come along and she's like what no and he's like well would you consider it because i love you or whatever and she's like no i'm going to Texas A&M. Like, you don't love me. We've been yeah. dating for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then he drops the, like, my parents are getting divorced, let's get married or whatever. And she's like, yeah, okay. It's funny to me that she says the uh, she says the thing where she's like, he's like, are you breaking up with me? And she's like, eventually I'm not going to break up with you at prom. Yeah, yeah it's so fucked. <laughs> it's so fucked. It's such a, a great little a teenage girl line. She's yeah. like, no, it's prom. Of course not. Eventually, yeah, but no, yeah. not tonight. And then he plays the, uh, the, 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 um, mm the uh, senior skip day film for everybody at school and it's wonderful and people cheer and it's inventive and it's um, very sad during the whole thing yeah and it's just something it's one of those things that like uh, yeah again like I, you know, I hope I hope I hope that that's something that you know he still has a uh, a, pr- a print of you know um, what, a, what a magical time capsule yeah. that would be uh, even if you aren't Steven Spielberg just to have you know your senior skip day at 95 years old I don't know how old he is you said 95 earlier but just to be able to like sit in a dark room and go back and like look at this yeah. thing that you made, because um, they do that whole bit with like the drop in the ice cream or yogurt in people's face, like after the shots of the seagulls and stuff. Mm. Anyways, whatever, it's great. People love it. They laugh. Um, even when people get the ice cream dropped in their face as if it were bird shit, like some dudes are like, yeah, like it was funny, like they're yeah, the yeah. dude and they're into it. And uh, he makes that bully, the Cry, main yeah. bully, Chad. Yeah. Um, look really, really good in the movie. Yeah, and he cries, and yeah, it's, it's it's that's another super complicated thing. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. it's so again like you know, just like so real and honest and like true for him to come up and be like, why would you like put up there the thing that I'm insecure about, like the amount of pressure people put on me to be like that and me i don't live up to it i don't think and then you're gonna make me look like that and i love how conflicted the bully is he's yeah. like did you are you doing that on purpose yeah or are you just trying to make a good movie or are you just trying to make me look good and if you are what is your fucking problem yeah. i've been so mean to you why yeah. would you do that so it has to be it has to be that you're fucking with me yeah and steven silver's like i don't know bro. i don't know I don't either know. Maybe it made my movie better. Maybe you're right. Maybe subconsciously that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know. And yeah. they have this nice little moment. And I like all of it because he makes the other bully look like a dipshit. Yeah. And that kid comes in to kick his ass. Yeah, because he made his, him look like a yeah, dipshit or whatever. And, he, and yeah. big bully Chad beats, beats him up. Beats the shit out of him, yeah. And um, the only thing I don't like. Is the weed? No. Okay. 
is him going is the bully going you better not fucking tell anybody that this happened he goes yeah hey unless it'll make a great movie which I'll never do. I'll never make a movie out of I this. I like that. It's that like, was funny because there's a couple things like that. Like the last shot of the movie as he's walking away from the film studios. John Ford just told him that the the picture's only interesting if the fucking uh, horizon's at the top of the bottom. So the film at the last second adjusts. Oh, I love that. No, I love that. Yeah, for sure. But just to like the yeah. wink to the camera. Yeah. Of, this is yeah. the movie. This is, yeah. You're watching no, the like movie that. right I like now. Um, I don't hate it. I yeah. just didn't love it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he has that conversation with the bully. Uh, it's Because it's just nice. one of those things where it's like, what do you... Like, there's no way that guy still feels that way. And if he's still alive and he saw that, like, I feel like it would be a... It'd be very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. That, yeah that's one of the yeah. only moments in this movie where I was like, I hope that guy is watching yeah. this movie. I really, yeah. really do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's almost like heavyweight worthy. Like, I'd love to hear those two talk now. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. That would be a... I got chills just thinking about that idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... We do a time jump from there. Where yeah. He's in college. Yeah, he's having a panic attack. He's making a three-hour trip to college every day or whatever. He dorms there, but he's apparently... I'm just getting this from the dialogue. He says, uh, like, you can't keep making this three-hour trip every day. And he's like, I know, but I can't stay in the dorm. So, like, he's got all this anxiety. He doesn't like his roommates, mm-hmm. right? Um, in, in, like, a sentence, he, like, wraps up just basically a coming-of-age mo- uh, movie in, like, a sentence. He's just like... I hate school. Yeah. I really, really do. And I'm trying to get this movie thing to happen, and it's just not. And yeah. I feel like I'm stuck, and I'm going nowhere right now, and my life is just stale and sustained. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's an entire... That's that's a, the plot of a different movie yeah. that you just told us in a sentence. It's great. Yeah. Homeboy has, like, uh, some pictures that his mom sent him. Yeah. Uh, Sammy does, and his dad takes a glance at him, sees that, I guess, you know, Sammy... His mom and uh, and Benny are now married and together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Happy and it kind of throws him through a loop. And yeah, um, Bert has a moment where he's just kind of like, "Go try to do the movie thing or whatever." Um, he's like, "I don't know, I don't feel certain about it or whatever, but I know it's it might even make her cry." He's like, "You're a chip off the old block, and I know whatever you do, you're gonna work really hard at it or whatever." <sighs> oh, it's great. Yeah, it is. And uh, and uh, he says something like, "I'll never not know you or whatever." Oh, he's like, "You don't know yeah. mom anymore." And he's like, no, I do. I always will. Yeah. Our stories have gone on too long for this to truly be the end. For or for either of us to truly say the end, I think is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Rough scene. And he's like, I, uh, I, I don't remember. I don't know if it, uh, if he like intentionally was like hiding it from him to impress him or, or to surprise them, or he actually noticed that he missed uh, a piece of mail in there because yeah. there's this one. He gets a letter from CBS. Yeah. They wanted to shoot uh, the first episode of Columbo. Yeah. That's how the movie ends with him shooting. Um, uh, that murder movie uh they write books together i don't know that's not really what happens he goes in there to uh, a movie uh, an executive producer or just a producer at uh, cbs is like yeah we're working on this show called hogan's hero that's gonna be on catchy soon. isn't and, it yeah and he's like you could be you know the assistant to an assistant's assistant if you'd like and he's like yeah i'll start anywhere and he's like yeah but it says here in your letter that you really want to make movies or you should want to do tv he's like i would do either i just want to get involved somehow and he's like you know you should meet the greatest living director he works just right across the hall and it's great he goes in there and he goes into the that guy's office and sits with his receptionist doesn't know who he's going to see and they start playing i can't remember which movie it is but a song from one of john ford's movies starts playing very very quietly and gets a little louder and he looks around at all the movie posters and like realizes like oh fuck i'm in john ford's office mm-hmm. And his receptionist is very cold to him, and she's like, "You should, 
this is a bad idea. You shouldn't be here. Um, you could be waiting here for hours. And he comes in almost immediately. And oh my god, Chris, so good. Yeah. That <laughs> that that the movie goes. Oh yeah, you're. Uh, we'd like you to go meet the greatest living director. And then the guy comes in and he's played by David Lynch. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Chef's Kiss. It's such a great choice. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen a picture of old t- uh, John Ford. He I looks have. just like David yeah, Lynch. Yeah. Um, love the eye patch. Um, so John Ford, David Lynch comes in, covered in lipstick, just yeah. top to bottom of his face, covered in lipstick. Walks right past him. Uh, she comes in. Uh, the receptionist goes in, wipes out the lipstick off of him. Uh, comes back into see uh, little Sammy Fableman. She goes, "Okay, he'll see you now, but uh, take off your tie." Which um, I don't know if this was intentional, but it reminded me. Uh, there's that story. I think I said it last week. We talked about Elephant Man. There's that story that Mel Brooks tells about meeting David Lynch for the first time and him coming in with no tie with his buttons done all the way up to the top and thinking that that was strange. So Sammy Fableman takes off his tie and he goes in to see David Lynch down forward. He's got no tie with his shirt buttoned up all the way to the top. I was like, I don't know if that's intentional, but I'd like to believe that it is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he sits there and in a very David Lynch uh, film moment, David Lynch sits there and tries and like puffs at lighting a cigar for two minutes straight or yeah, something like that, long. and it's so quiet. Yeah, and he's like, ah. I like that he like drops his, he like gets out of his David Lynch voice just enough, but he still sounds like David Lynch. Yeah, what do you know about art? And then goes on for a big long thing, and he's like, tell me what you see in that painting over there. And he's like, two cowboys doing this. He's like, where's the horizon? Yeah, at the bottom. All right, now tell me about that one. There's, okay, there's about five or six guys. They're getting out of this canyon. Wrong. Where's the horizon? Uh, it's at the bottom. Right. The horizon's at the top. It's interesting. The horizon's at the bottom. It's interesting. Horizon's in the middle. It's boring as shit. <laughs> I get the fuck out of my office. And I read that yeah. this is the only part of the movie that Steven Spielberg, this is word for word how he remembers his meeting with John Ford when he was that age. And then, yeah, like you said, he's he gets out of there. He's on top of the world. He's leaving the movie lot. And then the camera shifts to put the horizon at the bottom and then it's over yeah beautiful movie i, I liked it. it i like yeah. it. talking about it right now i'd like it way more yeah. glad i own it now because i'm for sure gonna watch this again yeah i'd love to watch it again um yeah even that john ford meeting it's just one of those things where like could you ask for it to go any better like in my opinion as rough and mean as john ford is i think he was really kind and compassionate with that kid yeah that as little, little savvy savvy yeah. fableman mm-hmm. um tell me what you know about our doesn't yeah. have an answer. And this was Tell me the about other... that painting. Describe that painting. You know? Yeah. This is the other scene. This and Uncle Boris, I think, are the two best scenes in the movie. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I um I think like I said, I think it's a really like honest and um and it just has that um yeah, honest is the best way I can put it. It's such an honest Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just Ugh, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's um, wonderfully shot, wonderfully paced, wonderfully blocked. Just a yeah. Great Steven Spielberg flick. And I think I like I can't remember a, a Steven Spielberg movie that people are like, this is really good that's come out in the past 15 yeah. years. Like he was doing like Ready Player One and shit yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, cool. Steven Spielberg is, yeah. I guess, done. Like he's just going to do this yeah. until he dies. And then he did Fable. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like I'm, I'm struggling so hard personally with like a slash a plus distinction just because i think for what it set out to do it fits my criteria of why you nailed them yeah um but also you know i'd be lying if i said that a plus isn't also kind of slightly reserved for like oh these are my favorites you know what i'm saying that's understandable yeah um 
so yeah, I don't know. It's somewhere in the A to A plus. I think I gotta give this thing a straight up, uh, straight up A. Okay. Plus. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good on you. Um, yeah, if I'm going purely by like a grade, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it really, really, really um, surprised me. I was I, there are like lines that are like a little bit clunky, or I feel like, you know, when people so blatantly say exactly how they feel, but um, it all works in the end because of the fact that there are such complicated and conflicting and complex like emotional things that yeah. are being touched upon. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just I I I, I haven't. Um, you know, maybe it's the benefit of age and him having been just 95, but it just really has... He's not 95, by the way. I, I know, mean, I, know, I, I know. was He's way like, too... Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh. just that thing where, like, you know, he's had enough time to mull it over that, like, it doesn't have the feel of, you know, like, youth. It has, like, it, it's fermented for a while. These are things that, like, yeah. have calcified and exactly... Like, not in terms of, like, a, oh, I've definitively given you, like, what is right or wrong, but just, like, I've come to realize as an old man that there isn't that, and this is just what life is. Yeah, no, it's great, because it's, it's not, like, a... Yeah, you're right, he doesn't have, like, a... An a bias or an angle bias. he's working. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, like, this is what life is. It's messy, and it hurts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great. Again, I heard an interview or read an interview with him where he's talking about it, like, he's, uh, while they were alive, his parents were hounding him for a lockdown like when are you gonna put us in a movie when are you gonna make the movie about our family huh yeah. and I, I think it's great I think I, him at this point in his life this is the, a good time to like and I love that it's not like a retrospective on his entire life yeah. like I love that you don't see Sammy Fableman make Dinosaur Park yeah. toward the end of this it is just very specifically that those 10 years with his uh, family that like affected him very greatly and just yeah like you said just a nice un kind of as far as i know an unbiased point of view of what happened with his family i'm like yeah this is just this is just what it is you take uh, i'm not going to tell you one way or the other what lesson you should be taking from this just take what you want out of it yeah uh, i'm gonna give it a b plus Hell yeah. um i think i think it's really good like yeah. you said i think it did exactly what it needed to yeah. um i like it i was gonna give it a b minus before we talked about it yeah um and i'm sure i'm sure it'll go up if when and if i watch it again yeah. um so yeah i guess it was a Blessing in disguise out of how to buy this movie. And yeah, you know what's funny how things work out, isn't it? We watched this movie, it's got little Davy boy in there, and then it was his fucking birthday. And then what was happening on his birthday? But my and I say this lightly because I've heard some racist stuff about this town's history. But that stuff aside, which is really hard to put aside. I kind of really like Howell, Michigan, and Howell, Michigan has this really cool theater that I really like called the Historic Howell Theater. It was built in 1928, and I have some very fond memories there. And uh, me and my buddy uh, Nick drove an hour out to Howell, and it's beautiful at night, and there's a nice little strip, and there's all these little businesses, and there's all these lights, and this pub, and we went to this pub, and I had two Guinnesses, and then we went over to the Howell Theater, and we watched uh, Fire Walk with me, and it was great, and I loved that theater, and I loved that little pub, and I, I kind of liked the the town yeah and we watched firewalk with me I, yes I, I, I don't know if i mentioned that but we watched firewalk with me that was what it was it was david lynch's birthday yes and since it was basically my birthday because your birthday's the next day and then the day after that is daniel johnston's birthday mm -hmm. my uh my good friend chris took me out to howell michigan to go see this movie that he knows i like um and we went there and he's just going on and on and on about howell michigan and how good it is and we start driving in there i'm like homie this looks like fucking 
nowhere nothing nowhere yeah. nothing if yeah. i'm being honest and then we drove then into downtown, downtown bit. i was like oh yeah you're right this looks like uh what it was like a westboro from yeah that's Scream. what i said, I said yeah. it feels like the high school i wish i grew up in it feels yeah. like it feels like it feels like scream town but without the murders <laughs> yeah and then we uh we went to a pub next door i chris had two guinnesses i had two uh Normal beers? But normal beers uh, and a big old chicken sandwich. And then yeah. we got into a movie and we sat down and my eyes started getting real heavy. And I went, oh, no. Chicken sandwich and two beers is sleep medicine. <laughs> that is, it's basically a nightclub for yeah. me. So I'd like to admit that I didn't. I slept through a lot of fire yeah. walk We've seen it a month. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say about this experience, um, just to jump ahead while we're still talking about the theater aspect of it. Um, such a fucking wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience to see a movie in the theater. As this, this, this being a film that I've seen like three or four times just in my lifetime, like on a TV with a friends, mm-hmm. with a partner, um, to just see it in that big ass dark room on that huge fucking screen. There were so many things where I was just like, damn, never paid attention to that. Damn, never caught that. Damn, never yeah. saw that. You know, like it's, it's the, the theater is really a magical place. I really, w- really wish I had been able to stay awake for yeah. more of it because the parts that I did catch, I saw a. I'm going to say about 60% of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were parts where I've seen this movie so many times because I don't... I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, right? We'll do mail, yeah. and we'll talk about history. And we'll yeah. Yada, yada, but yada, just talk about the theater. Uh, so overall, rate your Howl experience. I'm saying that was a 9.5 out of 10. I'm going to say that was an 8.9 out of 10. It's great. Yeah, my favorite thing about it is when I got up to use the John. Yeah. They have a uh, little clipping, old newspaper clippings. Um that are their old ads from like, hey, come see Jaws at the Howell Theater, not like, hey, we're reshowing Jaws. Yeah. It's like, no, this is from the week we Jaws saw, came yeah. out. It's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. great. It is awesome, and it makes me very sad that the main art theater is gone. So yeah, rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Main art theater, I guess I will always have the memories I made there. Yeah. Um, like one time, um, I think it was the 48-hour film festival. Mm-hmm. Um, we had participated, and then we went and watched it, or maybe I didn't participate that year. It was just Alicia and the Oster Brothers. Um, but uh, we went and watched it, and uh, my fucking stupid, I hate it, um, Toyota don't have a key, but it's, it's just a fob thing, mm-hmm. fell out of my pocket. And that was the last thing that was going on that night, because they had obviously like shut down like movies to just be like, hey, we're doing this like community event thing. Yeah. Get to my car at like 11.30 and realize it's not in my pocket. Go back, doors are locked, all that kind of shit. And I just had like a meltdown where I was like, fuck, there's no way that some like 14-year-old like, you know, braced face, kid, braced face kid like didn't sweep that into the trash and throw it away. Like, what am I going to do? I had a total meltdown, yada, yada, yada. And then uh, the next day, Aleutian, I went up there and uh, someone had found it on the ground and just kind of set it off to the side and I was totally fine. But nice. man, I thought the world was ending that night. I was like, oh my God, like what does it even cost to replace that? Like how how do they like link that up to my yeah. car? Like do I have to have my window smashed? Like what, is, what, what do I do, <laughs> you know? I don't have a spare, you know? Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. That's weird. Um, my favorite, the absolute best movie-going experience I've ever seen is seeing The Lighthouse at the main art. Yeah. Um, like such a, like a... A, a little uh, A24 obsessed 24 year old white kid thing to say but just being in the main art that th- theater that feels yeah, grand with me no... you and Alicia went saw right no, no it was us and like Elton and Rachel and Elric and I think it was really? that whole gang I think yeah um, and just like the no bullshit nature of the main art that was just like you are sitting in these movie theater seats yeah. that aren't really inclined from each other and it was like i said when we said them to see fire walk with me it's like i like to be just a little bit closer yeah every seat at the main art felt like that where you are looking up at the screen and you just see 
um, the lighthouse like that. I was just trying, like, I, I'll never forget. There's that, that quick shot. It's like a dream sequence where Robert Pattinson turns around and looks and Willem Dafoe is there and he's naked and his eyes are shooting out like the lighthouse light at him. Yeah. Just being like, holy shit, this is the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It was awesome. Why shows. big makes so cool? I don't know. You know? Lizard brain shit, probably. Yeah. All right. Firewalk with me, directed by David Lynch, came out in what year? 1992? Three? Four. Don't know. Don't know. Don't, don't care. Know. I'm just kidding. I'll look it up. And uh, it's mail time. Again, it's an email. Welcome to 2023. Um, 1992, I was right. Fire walk with me. Just like David Lynch, I do not have much to say about this movie. Five out of ten. Chris, what's your history with uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me? Um... It's something I don't really want to elaborate on, but uh, just basically saw it, didn't like it, was offended, thought it was too not what I thought Twin Peaks was. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, just every subsequent viewing, every time I see it, I'm always like, "Ah, I think I like it like twice as much as I did the last time I saw it. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I really like this movie. I really like this movie. Good. I'm glad. Um... But yeah, it is just one of those things. Like it's it's such a unique. Like, I see it, eh? Think about it, meh. See it, think about it, meh. You know, like it's just every time. You know, uh, similarly, like I think it happens often with David Lynch stuff. Like I think I, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. But I give like Blue Velvet like a B plus. But yeah, I really think it deserved to be on the A plus uh, range. That's one of my favorite movies. I, yeah. I love uh, Blue Velvet. I can't. I think about that all the time. That's like the one score that I regret. I know I bring it up all the time. <laughs> but, and yeah, same thing with like uh, when we had the conversation about Mulholland Drive. And I know that I singled out like specific scenes where I was like, nah, this is my least favorite part and stuff. And it's just like, uh, you know, it wasn't even until I said it that I was like, no, actually, that kind of rips. And I really like that movie a lot. I don't know why the, my, my initial reaction, I feel like every time I see a David Lynch movie, is just to be like, okay. And I think about it and I see it again. And suddenly I'm like, no, I think I really like this. Yeah, no, he definitely makes movies that. Whether you want them to or not, they sit with you and you think about it for a while. And whether or not you wanted to, you like it yeah. more a week later. Yeah. Um, with the exception of this one for me. Yeah, you don't like this To be completely honest. I had, I think, the polar opposite experience with this movie that you did. I watched yeah. it, and even though it wasn't Twin Peaks, I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, this is just a different angle on that world through a f- David Lynch movie lens instead of a ABC television show lens. Yeah. And because it's much, it's much darker. It's much more violent. You see people doing coke and stuff like that instead of just being Bobby told about it. Guy. Bobby kills a guy. I think I might still have it somewhere. I'll have to pull it up, and maybe we can put it into this episode somewhere. But I have a recording of me and you watching this for the first time. Yeah, because uh, you and I watched uh, Twin Peaks together for the first time. Yeah. Um, I was very drunk for the whole thing. Uh, we didn't. We weren't like you know watching episodes next to each other, but we were like at the same time in our own time working through the show and then we watched yeah fire walk with me together um just i I, the thing that that uh stays out the most to me that i remember the most from that is just us how just baffled we are about different donna (laughs) yeah different donna is the hardest part of this movie for me if i mean it is yeah there's the scene where like she says something like uh don't you know me i'm your best friend or something like that i'm like are you who are you i don't know you Um, who are you uh 
Uh, yeah, I think this movie would be. I'd, I'd hate to. I hate to admit it, but I think this movie would be probably like 15 percent better if yes. they had Donna. The real Donna. Donna. Yeah. No, I will um, absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. And every time I see this movie, yeah, I've seen this movie about six times. Mm. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I'm going to like it. Yeah. There's, I'm going to find something that I like in this movie, and yeah. I never really do. Um, I will say every time I see it. Um, ooh, what's her name? Sherilyn. Sherilyn. Shirley oh, oh, Flynn? oh. You're talking about the mother. No, Laura Palmer. Oh, um, Shirley. Shirley. Yeah. Incredible in this movie. Yeah. That's the thing that gets me every time. It's like, even if what she's doing is over the top, I know yeah. it's supposed to be on purpose. Like, even the moment when she's just looking through her diary and notices one of the pages is missing, just the frozen fear that she has on her face is just just insane yeah like it just grips me to the bone and then when she runs outside and she's crying in that uh bush and she sees uh Leland come out and just the oh no oh no 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 yeah. just like she's so so good in this movie yeah that's really the only thing i get out of it if i'm being honest my biggest problem with it i think is respect to the man I'll never disagree with anything that he does. I think he's an actor. I think he always makes the right decision. But Kyle McLaughlin, when this movie was being made, saying, I don't want to be Special Agent Dale Cooper for the rest of my life, so I'd like to not be the main character of this movie. That's cool. Or be yeah. really involved in this movie. That's cool. I'll come in for a scene or two. And so it's nice to have him in this movie. But before that, you get... Um, Two special agent agents. Desmond and Agent Sam? Kiefer Sutherland. They call him Sam. Um, who are the um, stand-ins for him, I guess. Yeah. And I do like what he did with that, where they go to like you know the Fat Trout trailer park, and it's supposed to be like the inverse, like the the Bizarro World Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like this place is the, sh the shitty America, other than the picture perfect Twin Peaks America. Yeah. And I like all that stuff just fine, and then Agent Dale Cooper shows up for two scenes, and I go. God damn it, this is so much better. Yeah. God damn it, I wish this was the movie. Yeah. Like when he's like, uh, he's talking to um, Harry Dean Stanton and he tells him where her apartment is and he yeah. goes the other way. He goes, Hey, where are you going? I told you her apartment's over there. And he goes, I'm going over here. And it just kind of <laughs> walks out of frame. It's yeah. so good. I just love him so much. And so that kind of ruins it for me. But I do, yeah. I do love Ray Wise and I do love uh, Shirley and. Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle. Laura Flynn Boyle. Who's Laura Flynn Boyle? Isn't She's that... Donna, I believe. Oh, my bad. I thought, uh, what's the name of the mom then? Who's the mom? Oh, um, Patsy Klein. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, hold on, look it up. Because she's great, too. I love her in everything I've seen her in. Yeah. Um, she's, Seinfeld. She's good in Seinfeld. She's good in the... Log Ladies in Seinfeld, too. My Own Private Idaho. She's great in... Um, She's great in uh, uh, The Quarry. Chris, remember The That's Quarry? True. Remember we when we played The yeah, Quarry? We did. Um, and I think she is the best part of the third season of Twin Peaks, if I'm being perfectly honest. Okay. Grace Zabriskie. All right. Um, but yeah, it opens up and... Um, um, yeah, the Teresa Banks murder is happening. Uh, and we have those two special agents. Um, I don't like... Um, the scene with uh, Gordon Cole, where like the woman in the red dress is there and she's squeezing her hand and stuff. That's I do, yeah, yeah. I don't love it, but it, it's something I love about Twin Peaks as a whole. Yeah, is that the FBI in this world are like 
mystical. Yeah, like they're that's using, how they yeah, operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one is just a little too over the top. Like it's a little. It's much, like a yeah. blue duck thing to me, where it's just like silly, almost more mm-hmm. than like surreal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, like uh, basically they're 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 investigating Teresa. They have this whole thing about where she worked, and like that's where we're gonna go get dinner and. You know, they interviewed the the lady who runs the uh, the uh, the diner, or at least just working the diner, and you know, they're like, "Do you do any drugs or whatever?" And she's like, "I don't do any drugs," like, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, and I just like that all these little color scenes. You know, they go hang out with Harry Dean Stanton and check out the the trailer park, yada yada yada. Um, there's also the over the top like friction between local police and like federal mm-hmm. officers that is, um, you know, in every cop drama that involves the FBI but this one is just other cranked up to like than, 11. <laughs> yeah other than Twin Peaks it was my yeah. favorite thing about Twin Peaks is that they get there and Sherman's like alright man you're here to you, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here working for you bud yeah. and then I love that yeah and this like I said it's the bizarre Twin Peaks where there's like yeah. fuck you um, and then eventually um, that one of the one of the one of the oh, one of the agents or both agents at least one goes missing they call Cooper in Cooper has an odd Situation with like David Bowie, maybe my favorite like, scene in the movie. Yeah, he's like, I've dreamt this. David Bowie comes in, he's like standing in the hallway, watching himself in the security camera. Then he eventually is stuck in the security camera, even though he's not watching the security camera. David Bowie comes in. They have a little conversation where he's like, "We're not going to talk about Judy at all." Who do and you then, think that that is there? Yeah. So it's such a the biggest travesty of season three, unfortunately, is that David Bowie was either too sick to or passed away right before they were filming yeah. and so he's not in because philip jeffrey is, is a big character in season three yeah but he's just talked about tangentially and then when you see him he's a tea kettle yeah um and it's 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 uh, unfortunate and uh then he's gone and everybody's like where did philip jeffries go and also where's agent desmond or whatever and then they send cooper off to mm-hmm. do some sleuthing and yeah you get the harry dean stanton scene love it i love it. he's like it's saw his trailer's over there and he's like i'm not going over there and he's like well where are you going he's like going over here it's great <laughs> just love him um, um and like I, and I love just the juxtaposition of him and the other two agents because when the agents go to see harry dean stanton he's like grumpy and rough and tumble and like yeah fucking whatever i'll let you yeah. into the goddamn i'll get you some coffee if you want whatever yeah but you get to him and uh cooper and cooper you miss all that stuff with cooper and it's just them talking and you immediately know by the way harry dean stanton is speaking to him that it went much better when cooper showed up yeah everybody's like again s- sorry to wake you up so early he's like oh it's no problem because he's got Dale that. cooper has a big ted lasso energy. he really does because <laughs> he's got written on his front door in sharpie do not knock on the door before 9 8, 9 a.m and shit yeah. like that it's great um and, and then i think we cut the twin peaks i believe so yeah and that was very nice that was like i was kind of i was getting a little sleepy and like my eyes were getting heavy and as soon as it shows the signing i was like shot of energy have you ever seen the missing pieces no it is i've never watched any extracurricular twin peaks anything it is there's a whole there's two movies worth of movie that they shot for this and the missing pieces is just twin peaks it is just everybody in twin peaks that got cut out of this movie because he's like ah it doesn't really because he was gonna make five of these and then this came out and everyone hated it. He's like, all right, fine. Fuck you. I won't make any more. Yeah. Um, which is the other thing about this movie. Watching this one, I'm like, this feels kind of incomplete. If yeah, that's, that's that's something I was going to say is that I, there were so many points where I was like, this feels like five episodes of season three smashed together. Yeah. More than a movie. Um, hang on. I'm getting all kinds of calls. Um, and I hear... 
I hear the missing files or the missing pieces or whatever it's called for this movie don't they're just collections of scenes like they don't work as a movie at all yeah but it, uh, a lot of people are like oh it's just it's just nice it's just more Twin Peaks that's yeah. just all it's more classic Twin Peaks but shot like a movie yeah. um, and so I'd like to see it one of these days but yeah. I can't I just haven't found the time to sit down and I'm like yeah I should probably see Mulholland Drive first yeah. or Lost Highway I mean because I have yeah. seen Mulholland Drive Anyway, um, but yeah, basically what's going on is um, everything that happened before Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's the everything that you got from Twin Peaks from everybody telling stories, but now you just get to see it. Um, it's a classic prequel stuff. There, there, there are things of value for sure. Um, but yeah, Laura Palmer's there. She's dating multiple boys. Complicated love triangles. Donna's there. Yada yada yada. There's some cocaine. Bobby's selling cocaine. He's buying cocaine from Leo. Bobby kills a guy. Um, it's just kind of like it's odd. Like it's it reminds me of like when uh, Arrested Development came back. And they were trying to do like one episode per character instead yeah. of intersplicing the way that like shows used to go. Mm-hmm. And then I think they even re- like re-released it, recut like yeah. a normal TV show. But that's how I describe this movie. It's almost like an episode of Twin Peaks where they separated the FBI stuff and all the kid melodrama, Degrassi yeah. stuff, which would usually like just kind of flip flop scene to scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so you just get this like, huge dose of just like people cheating on each other and doing drugs. <laughs> yeah, and like that's the thing that I. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing I like about this movie the most is the FBI stuff. And I don't yeah. like the Twin Peaks stuff because, I don't know, I do... I think I prefer getting all of this information from people telling you that this happened a week ago in Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's like, almost like um, Laura Palmer becomes almost like a Jesus figure where it's like, I don't need to know what happened with them 33 years. I need to know he was a baby and then they put him on the cross. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> And yeah, she's like, and like like I said, uh, actress is great. She just kills it. But watching this movie, I'm like, I don't like Laura Palmer. If I'm being honest, yeah. I don't like like I know she's fucked up and she's got stuff going on. Yeah. She's got stuff going on. But it's also a lack of time thing. Like you, 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 it doesn't give you a good sense of why everybody thought she was this darling. Exactly. All you're yeah. seeing is the darkness. Yeah, and I don't. Right. Yeah, you know, she's just. Yeah, no, I never get the. I never get her as a normal person. Yeah, ever. you need things to like slowly ramp up, but you can't because you spent your first hour doing FBI stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so I like I like the things in Twin Peaks happening, um, with the gloss and sheen of the ABC soap opera over it, yeah. like the original show does. And so when I see this, and there are people in Twin Peaks, Bobby's killing guys, and Laura's snorting coke at school and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's a little that breaks the mystique for me a little bit yeah. but I do love and it's something that I love about season 3 very much um, is the FBI stuff is when you get to the FBI and you learn about Blue Rose and stuff like that it's like oh something much 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 more serious is happening here mm-hmm. and that feels like it fits with the FBI that's why I love the Philip Jeffrey stuff so much Yeah. Um, and then yeah then we cover to Twin Peaks and I'm like yeah this is just Twin Peaks and I like that in a light that I don't love but I do love it in the third season yeah. When we get modern day Twin Peaks and things have kind of gone to shit and people are a little worse and that feels right to me because it's 2017 yeah. and this is how all TV shows are and this is how we all know of this kind of shit. Yeah. Whereas with this, it still looks like the 90s television show Twin Peaks so it is just a little jarring to see and it just doesn't sit with me 
perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, it's uh, it's almost hard to talk about this half because there are interesting scenes like um, when Donna and uh, Laura go to party all night or whatever. Um, I love that it's loud, that the whole thing needs subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very visually stimulating. A lot of this movie is very loud, actually. Yeah. Very loud stuff happens. That um, scene in the bar with the subtitles I remember reading forever ago. Um David Lynch was going back and forth on whether or not he should put subtitles in that scene, so much to the point that in some countries it has subtitles and others it doesn't because mm-hmm. he was changing minute to minute. So it was le- releasing in this country and he's like, eh, subtitles. And then next week in other countries, like, yeah, take the subtitles out. Yeah. But yeah, that is the ultimate problem with the Twin Peaks half is that, like, I don't know. I'm always left with a sense of, like, yeah, I kind of got all this from, like, my my own inferences about like the things that had been said like I yeah. pieced this story together mm-hmm. you know I didn't need to see like, any of this really yeah I think the thing I get the when it comes to like understanding Twin Peaks and building my my building my understanding of what's happening at Twin Peaks is the stuff that happens in the lodge and with the FBI I think is the important thing that happens in these movies like the, the ring is such a big part of season three and you get introduced to it here and stuff like that um that yeah like you said i feel like the week leading up to laura is definitely would be a great like it's just bread and butter a david lynch film about this relationship between this girl and her father who has been it's not bad i like it i I do like it it. just doesn't feel like there's enough time for it like you were saying earlier like because we have the fbi and the black lodge stuff placed in here it doesn't feel like that gets enough time to breathe for me yeah so that's ultimately what i'm saying is i like everything about it but yeah it is you know one of those things where it does feel like a small piece of a much larger thing and not in the sense that like it's a small piece of twin peaks or whatever but it seems like a small piece of like what it was intended to be or was trying to be accomplished and it's almost like maybe it you know again like i don't even know if movie was the right you know yeah um format like uh but again like that was the offer at the time i'm sure he couldn't get another also show or season or something but if it was a fleshed out season that was a prequel season i'm sure it could have been a much more also something i think that might be a big factor in this and how we feel about it is that mark frost doesn't didn't write any of this he wasn't he's an executive producer because he has his name attached to everything twin peaks like a contractual thing i'm sure yeah but you know he didn't write any of this with david lynch he didn't do anything with this movie but this thing is also chock full of great like uh, imagery that just uh, always stick with me like i love uh leland with both girls tied up but like almost in a cartoony way where like it seems like a 1920s silent film like they could easily be able to get away from him yeah yeah then also like for some reason someone's flashlight flashlight they do in peaks all the time that i love because it's like such a cheap effect and you know exactly what's happening but it just works in Twin Peaks like when they're like walking through the forest and there's just a flashlight going crazy it's like that's that's so cheap and I know exactly what it is but it just does something to me when I see it I just feel a certain way and it works yeah and yeah I think that kind of wraps up all I can really say about the Twin Peaks fire walk with me yeah um, I think it's a B plus for me I like it uh, quite a bit but yeah like I said it also has problems and you know I don't think it's um it's you know it's it i think it ultimately you know it's 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 crossed the bears that it is a tv show movie you know what i'm saying yeah like it's no different to some degree than like a sex in the city the movie um but it just happens to be made by like you know one of 
the greatest American directors of all time. So it's chock full of things that are of value. Yeah. And it tells a good story. It does. And you could probably even watch this thing without having seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't and think I love so. it. I think it's good. Was that? I don't think so. I think there, there's a lot of things. I, I, I think I, cl- I can't remember specifics, but I remember clocking something yeah. while watching it. Having not seen Twin Peaks in a while, while yeah. watching this movie the other day, being like, "Oh, right, that that's what they're talking about." I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, it was the it was the botanist, the plant guy that she yeah. goes and sees. Just there's no setup for him at all. Yeah, she just goes to that guy's house, yeah. and he's in love with her. And it's like, if you didn't see Twin Peaks, you have no idea who this man is. Yeah, and you have no idea what the relationship is or why she's yeah. coming here. Yeah, sometimes that happens in weird movies, though. True, you know. Um. But anyways, how do you feel about it? Wrap up. What you got? I'm going to give it a C. C? Um, I just, yeah. I, again, I just, I, I don't love this movie, but God damn it, do I love David Bowie's Philip Jeffries. Like, he is, I think, in the grand scheme of things, the most interesting character in Twin Peaks to me. Like, he's the reason I've read, like, supplemental content written by Mark Frost and stuff like that, because I'm like, I got to know, I got to know more about this Philip Jeffries. Um, and, yeah. I, I, I really do kind of wish that David Lynch had made the four other movies. I think those would have been cool yeah. to see. But also, I don't think I would have gotten my precious, precious Twin Peaks The Return, yeah. uh, which I love more than life itself. So <laughs> I want, God, I, I, it's such a big commitment, and we talk about it all the time. I yeah. want to I wanna do Twin Peaks for this show one yeah. of these days because I want to I wanna in-depth talk about season three with you so bad because I love it <laughs> so much. Yeah. But I think for that now, it's that's that mattress, man. Do you want to talk about what we're maybe doing next week? God, I always forget about that. Okay, so what's going on next week is you're out of town. Yes. So I believe there are two potential things that could happen. We'll just see. Because it's last minute, scheduling. Mm-hmm. No idea what could happen. Option A is that my friend, my, my dear and old friend, uh, Evan, comes by and we chat about Goodfellas. Um, option B is, you know, if, if for some reason that falls through or whatever, um, I may do a podcast with my brother and that would be TBD in terms of what movie that is. It really would be TBD. So can I pick, can I pick a movie for you and Donald to watch? That could be the case. Not Shape of Water. Cause you mentioned that the other day. I'd really love to see Shape of Water with you. Um, I don't know. I'd have to, that'd be TBD. I'd have yeah. to think about it. Or also, no, fuck you. You do it. I'm on vacation. <laughs> And then I think that's that mattress man. Unless you want to say goodbye for the week. No. No, no goodbye. Okay, then the end that really is that mattress man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 